Hi, everybody. We're here with a pre-pre-intro for the show today. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has continued to be subscribed to the show. We've taken a little break as we shuffle things around here, and we will let you know a little bit about that now before we start the show. So for those of you who don't know, writtenchinese.com currently supports the Two Eye Chicks in China podcast. However, um, we've gone through some changes, and... We have decided to go rogue. Yes. Yeah. Nora and I have decided that we are going to support the show ourselves, which will hopefully give us some freedom to do what we would like. So we would love your feedback for what you would like to hear on the show, questions you have about life in China. You can still leave them on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash twowhitechickstwo instead of the number two. We will also be still handling any support emails from writtenchinese.com, so you can still send us an email at support at writtenchinese.com. Basically for you, there isn't going to be a whole lot of a change, but we are looking for sponsorship, and we just want to put that out there, and also thank you for continuing to listen, though we've had a little gap in the show. Okay, so let's get on with the show. White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Today we have a listener spotlight. We have Patrice here, who actually has been a little bit on the show before. She's <laughs> asked a question to us in a previous episode that we've answered. If you hear um, a little voice singing in the background, <laughs> that's my daughter, Dahlia. We are actually at a cafe, so pardon the rough recording quality, but we're out and about meeting our listeners. <laughs> and bear with us as the technical uh, difficulties may arise. <laughs> yeah, so before we get started, Patrice's episode is episode 101, where we talk about bringing pets to China, which I'm sure we're going to talk about that in the episode. So Patrice, can you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Patrice. I have two cats and I brought them to China. And so here I am living in Shenzhen. I got here in late February. So it's been about four months now and I really like it. I'm American. And before I came to Shenzhen, I've lived in a few other places. I studied in Europe in college in Germany and Spain. And then in 2000, 12 to 2014, I was in South Korea. Here I am teaching ESL in China. What's been your favorite country so far? Ooh, good question, Holly. I really like the weather here in Shenzhen. Apart from when it rains, like today. Oh, yeah. 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 It's funny, actually. Like, I was telling my husband a little while ago, like, when it's sunny, it's like the whole town just shuts down. Nobody goes outside. It's like... China's full of mole people. <laughs> Everybody goes underground to right. go shopping or whatever. Yeah. My favorite country, oh, it's really hard to compare. I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer. I was hoping you would say China. Oh, okay. <laughs> China, <laughs> for sure. Well, I'm, I really am enjoying my time in China. Good. So far, yeah. Cool. So why did you choose to come to China? Well, I knew that I wanted to move abroad again. My husband and I both knew that was what we wanted to do after being back in the U.S. for a few years. And originally we were planning on going to Europe because I got my master's degree and I thought that would be 
really great to get a, a fancy job in Europe and then he could <laughs> do what he wants and study some stuff. But in the end, the economy in Europe isn't that great for jobs either. So the best and fastest thing we could do would be to get a job in Asia again. So we wrote our old recruiter from Korea and he said Shenzhen's a really great place to be right now. That's how we came here. So uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the reason why we know you, so to speak, mm-hmm. is because you asked us a question about bringing your cats to China. So mm-hmm. how was that process? Because I'm really intrigued <laughs> to know how easy or difficult it was at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Okay, well, it was really stressful leading up to it because there isn't a lot of great information out there about bringing animals to China. Like a lot of stuff in China, regulations seem to change. And, and I had this experience when I was in Korea too. Basically, you're just depending on forums to tell you the right thing. And hopefully you'll find a recent one. <laughs> but in aphis.org, A-P-H-I-S.org had all the right information. And we also contacted a few pet relocation companies that were just way too expensive. We got all of their papers and all of their vaccinations in order. We also got them microchipped, which is not required for China, but it's required for a lot of countries, mm. so we did that. And then we brought them across the country first from the Southeast United States to LA, and then we spent the night in LA, and then we brought them in cabin from LA to Seoul, and then Seoul to Guangzhou, because there's no quarantine in Guangzhou. And then we spent a day in Guangzhou to let them recover, and then we took a cab to Shenzhen that our company arranged for us, so it was pretty inexpensive. And the flight to Seoul was the longest one, obviously. And we have two cats. One prefers me, one prefers Seth. And it's a mutual thing. Uh, (laughs) So my cat rode in my lap, actually. He was, like, not cool with staying in his carrier. Oh, right, out of the carrier, just on your neck. Yeah, in the U.S., you can register them as emotional support animals. Yes. So so we did that. In that case, they're allowed to ride in your lap, which, I mean, a lot of people might be really mad when they hear that. I've talked to somebody... He started getting upset when I told him that, but I don't know. I was really worried about the cat's well-being, so he rode in my lap. He was, he's a really chill cat, too. The other cat could not get out onto my husband's lap. And then on the way from Seoul to Guangzhou, they had to stay in the carrier, but it was really hard to get them under the seat in front of us. Luckily, we brought a soft carrier because we could, like, jam it down a little oh, wow. bit. The flight attendant actually said, if he doesn't fit under the seat, we're going to have to no. put him in the overhead no, compartment. don't do it. Don't do it. I know. No, I was no, like, no, how about no. I put you in the overhead <laughs> compartment, lady? Well, well, I've heard so many stories, yeah. and this is not, I don't think this is actually Asia-related, but mm-hmm. there have been several stories I've read online me about too. people putting pets in the overhead. Oh, my goodness. And then they it just fills me with dread. It's awful. No. So, luckily, he fit, and then we got to China, and we yeah. rented an Airbnb because you can get pet-friendly Airbnbs. Amazingly, China has Airbnb. And as soon as we put their food and the litter box out, they just started using it. <laughs> so there hasn't been like a readjustment period for them. They were just like, not yeah, really. Okay, They're just like, now we're in cool. China. <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> so they haven't started learning the language yet. All they know is their, their litter has been changed to tofu litter, which is pretty great. <laughs> tofu um, litter? It's flushable. And their diet has changed to Chinese cat food. <laughs> when you arrived here, did you have to register? them? No, because you only register dogs. But yeah, we've taken them to the vet and my cat has long fur, so he needs 
to be shaved. So we got him a lion shave here, and that was successful. A lion shave? Where they leave a little tuft on the end of the tail. <laughs> oh. Actually, he has like a small, like a short tail, so his, his tail is just like a little ball oh. of fur. And then he has like a lion's mane. Um, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, definitely. We can add it to the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a well-traveled lady, but was there anything that shocked you or didn't match up with your expectations when you arrived in China or since being in China? No, because I listened to all the Two White Chicks from China episodes. <laughs> uh, having lived in Korea, I had kind of a pretty good preparation. I knew about the toilets. I knew that, that I was going to stand out. People were going to stare at me. But I went on a little trip with my school a little while ago, and um, I did have a little bit of culture shock because it was outside of Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. So Shenzhen, I feel like we're in such a wonderful little bubble. Like it's just <laughs> in that. But yeah. I guess it was very different from your first year in China. That's right. Um, it's like this thing called the shop window of China. So it's it's how yeah. China wants the rest of the world to view it. But it's <laughs> the reality of the majority of China is nothing like. Shenzhen, you know, it's it is developing really rapidly, but Shenzhen is definitely more futuristic, and mm-hmm. the infrastructure is managed really well, mm-hmm. and things tend to run really smoothly here, and it's more open to business and uh, Western influence than most of the larger cities within mainland China. So people who have only lived in Shenzhen maybe don't understand completely what China is all about. Mm -hmm. I've met people who have been here for a long time but never really ventured outside of the city and it's very different. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who are very comfortable with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I can understand that. I have a friend who lived in the middle of nowhere China for like six months and I talked to him on St. Patty's Day, and I was like, I'm going to a bar crawl. He was like, you're what? <laughs> you have bars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just totally blown away. So, yeah, he never made it. I don't think he went to even a big city. So mm-hmm. Even within Shenzhen, you have cultural differences. Because, for example, in the area that's called Shekou, which is in the Nanshan district of Shenzhen, it's just like has been an expat community for a really long time so you go there and actually a friend of mine just moved out there and I've never really spent that much time out there but at last week I went out there and it was as if I was in this alternative reality like alternate reality it was very western but still in Shenzhen but so different from the middle of the city which is where we live so Mm -hmm. even within the city itself because it's so huge you have these pockets of culture you know you also have the other end of the spectrum where you're in a part of Shenzhen that's very Chinese Mm -hmm. and that you don't feel the western influence and you almost feel like you're in a completely different place too I think that's one thing I really like about Shenzhen is like every weekend is a little a little vacation a little adventure like <laughs> like uh, Shuiwei is a really cool little part of the city yes. that's apparently up and coming and um, and then Coco Park obviously there's a lot to do there and um, and then like the place where Tencent is is that is that the high tech park high tech park yeah that's that that's is, another that world mm-hmm. um, yeah the architecture there is out of control. So I, I, I like that you can, I kind of expected, you know, a big city with a lot of tall buildings and I didn't expect like little pockets of 
totally different areas, I think. Yeah, unlike yeah. most cities in China, most cities in China are built like in a circular pattern. You have the center of the city and then you have these ring roads surrounding it. Shenzhen is built on a line. So it's all along the seashore. So it's like got centers, but along the line. So there's no, there's a central business district, which I think most people will agree is the center of the city. But really, there's kind of centers everywhere. So like Shekho has its own center. And then there's parts of Nanshan that have its own center. Loho has its own center. So it's all kind of divided up, which is really nice in terms of transit because there's yeah. no like rush to the middle of the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> My daughter's trying to unzip Holly's dress <laughs> as we speak, so we're all giggling. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool because it's nice that it's... You don't have the traffic jams that you would get in other parts of the in other parts of the country, um, but it still has that big city feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Macau or Hong Kong or Guangzhou since being here? Just Hong Kong. I mean, you, I don't count the twenty the twenty four hours I was in Guangzhou in the Airbnb, just like sleeping for for thirteen of them, <laughs> like waking up. 3 a.m. like where am I uh but in in Hong Kong yeah I, I went to Hong Kong and um I was really surprised at how claustrophobic I was I, I like I got back to Shenzhen I was like I'm free mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh I'm, because Shenzhen is just very very well planned out and even though it's such a huge city you, I never feel like I'm in a big city whereas Hong Kong was not built for millions and millions of people I think I think it's 12 million people oh I don't know if it's that high but it's it's for the amount of space that they have developed because there's, there's a lot of green areas actually in Hong Kong too but right. the places where they aren't allowed to develop are super super saturated mm -hmm. so it's got one of the you know the highest really like population mm -hmm. density yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite um densely packed oh yeah I liked Hong Kong but um I am much more comfortable in Shenzhen right now, especially. I feel the same way when I... It's yeah. kind of weird because when I was... When I first moved to Shenzhen, going to Hong Kong was more like feeling... I had an at-home feeling just mm -hmm. because at the time my Chinese wasn't great. So I was like, oh, I can speak to people on the street if I need help. Mm -hmm. And I can get cheese and this yeah. kind of stuff here. But in... Now when I come back to Shenzhen, I also breathe that sigh of relief. I'm like, oh, I'm home. Yeah. Things are so much more spacious, and you just feel like you can breathe. Because in Hong Kong, especially on the island, you can't stand in one spot. Yeah. Like You'll just get plowed into. There's no uh -huh. place to stand. It's just super, super crowded. Yeah. And it's just the speed of life seems to be on a different like time <laughs> yeah. to here. Like Everyone just... Moving, 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 like all the time here. Everyone, we mentioned this before in the podcast, like people just stop in the middle of the street, you uh -huh, know, just to yeah. like look at their phone and no one has any concern for everyone, like yeah. the people around them. <laughs> I actually, I was just uh, talking about this with a friend the other day. Um, we were just having a few drinks and he looked down, uh, there was like the, this open space at, <laughs> on the ground and, and like there was a Chinese person walking through the space really quickly and he was like, that's the first Chinese person I've ever seen walking with purpose to get somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if you want to keep that in, but, uh, <laughs> but like people just, they're so relaxed and they're like, okay, now I'm walking from point A to point B, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think I, it does feel like that sometimes, that there's never really any 
rush to do anything in fact even very important things seem to be done just at like you know it you know it almost like it'll happen when it happens mm-hmm. yeah well going back to a little bit of culture shock um when i went on this trip it was a chinese tour bus right my school and we would wait for hours and hours to get to do something and then when it happened, it would be like, okay, now we're doing it. Okay, now it's done. Okay, now we're waiting for the next thing to happen. And nobody seemed like to be upset about the fact that we spent like three hours on a bus waiting for a 45-minute activity right. to happen. That was like, okay, I have to, I need my space now. Yeah. So that was your first experience of organized fun, I guess, in China, these group activities where everything's like planned out and it's just like okay at one o'clock we'll do this at three o'clock we'll do this and you do spend a lot of time traveling around going to different places i feel like that's how they like chinese tourists travel around the world too they fly all the way to france and then they spend like 10 minutes at the eiffel tower taking selfies and then they move on they don't stop at the cafes and like they don't eat french food they pack their suitcases full of dried like uh what do you think freeze-dried noodles and uh they just they want to get that photo they want to get the photo op they want to say they've been there but i think they're not as interested i mean this is not all chinese tourists but you see you see a lot of groups like this that are just moving quickly from location yeah Yeah. to location with the flag you follow the yellow flag and they've all got the same baseball hat on and they're (laughs) like marching in a line like ants and they're not really experiencing Mm -hmm. The culture, but I guess you probably get a lot of tourists in China that do the same thing. Just Great Wall, yeah. Forbidden yeah. City. You know, they just do the rounds and then take well, off. Yeah, I mean, their language is just so different that um, it's very, it's still very rare to learn a foreign language as a Chinese person. I think, and uh, they probably like when they do get to travel outside. It's like okay, now we're we're seeing these things that we know exist, and now you can say you saw it, but there's not really much of a reason to stay and and try to appreciate it because you don't understand anything that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Could be it. Actually, I experienced just this idea of like not really taking in your surroundings and taking photos, like you just said, Nora. So um, last weekend um, we took Cash our dog out to the to a park, and we'd seen some they'd replaced this uh, like grassy area with all these lovely sunflowers and they had um, every time we'd been the last couple of times we'd seen people taking pictures and, and you know we'd make the joke we'd make the jokes and then last week when we went the sunflowers were dying but there were still people there taking pictures and, and we were like what the, you know these are dead sunflowers why are you <laughs> taking pictures and then as we passed there was a sign saying like stop and take a picture and I said that's why because there's a sign telling you like take a picture (laughs) of dead sunflowers (laughs) well yeah I mean like from from our perspective maybe sometimes I mean and I know that it's my it's my perspective and I always try to keep an open mind but there is a lot of stuff where it's just like "Mm, this doesn't seem logical like if you thought this through maybe you wouldn't want to do it but but I again like it's not my world it's not my country so am I to say what people should and shouldn't do the longer I stay here really it is like you go through we've talked on the show before about how you kind of will go through cycles like some days are great and then other days are like what am I doing here (sighs) things are so frustrating but I feel like the longer I stay here the more I can appreciate the way that things are done here so I do see I see like for example with these tourist groups 
I think there have been cases where because they haven't been like Chinese people, at least the previous generations, have not had much exposure to Western culture. And so I think that there have been people who have had problems in foreign countries. And that's kind of like scared everybody into thinking like, okay, we don't actually know how to navigate ourselves in a foreign country. So we need a tour guide. And I think for a lot of them, because they are really oblivious to cultural cues sometimes, Mm. that it is safer for them to just like stay in the group. And because you have cases where Chinese tourists, their passports get stolen or, Mm -hmm. you know, they get lost. And I think they're just not used to having the kind of freedom that we are. Plus just like we're Westerners, like Mm -hmm. it's in our blood to go like out and conquer, you know, like Mm -hmm. go exploring and stuff (laughs) like that. That's just part of our DNA. I think in China, it's not so much. They're more like discover the world within like inside that's very like Taoist yeah. mm-hmm. and so just culturally yeah. it's quite different as well mm, I like that perspective <laughs> and they're so used to being directed into what to what to look at what like oh mm-hmm. like you should go here you should run even with their like you know mountain ranges and hills everything is paved or has ste- steps for them there's no like off the beaten track like they just follow that path and I feel like going to say Europe or the US where it's you know it's more it's free you're not you're not told you need to go to x y and z you Mm -hmm. just tootle around wherever you want yeah so I think they also yeah maybe there's that idea that you know they need more direction to to appreciate or enjoy their trip or something yeah yeah but I I should say like you know I I really really am having a wonderful time here every day i I love taking the metro to work and I love being able to like hop on a mo bike whenever I go somewhere and I love like every day I'm walking to work and I think like I'm just so happy to be in China. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I'm like I love the fruit trees everywhere, the mango trees. Oh and you see people cl- climbing in yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I love that you can, that like a mango will just fall on the ground and I can be like, I can take that mango home if I want and just wait for it to bloom. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a podcast too, right? Oh. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? Sure. I have a podcast a little bit inspired by you guys, I think. So thank you. It's called Language Nerds to Earth and we talk about travel and language and culture and last week we did an episode about third culture kids and um, like people who have grown up in multiple countries. We did one about bilingual cities, what it's like to grow up in Barcelona or Hyderabad or Miami, so all these different cities. Um, sorry, I didn't expect that. <laughs> so I just got really flustered. But yeah, it sounds thanks. really interesting. Yeah. We'll be listening to it as well. So check yeah. that out. We can put the link to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you cool. for coming on the show, Patrice, and sharing your experiences. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And it's really nice to meet you guys. I also wrote a blog about, like, in on my website about bringing the cats to China and my experience. Also about the visa process. So we'll put all the links in the show notes for people who are interested in learning more about that and seeing what you're up to and maybe following in your footsteps in the future. (laughs) Thanks. That's really cool. Thank you. So thank you, Patrice. And if any of you out there have a China story that you want to share with us, we would love to hear from you and hear all about your adventures here in China. 
Nora, do you have a Chinese word of the week for us, please? Mm-hmm. Going on the theme of Patrice's pet adventure, I wanted to give the word for animal. It's a general word for animal, and it is wu. And I really like this word because um, wu just means like a thing, and dong means movement. So it's just like a moving, moving thing. thing. <laughs> wu. So if you want to check that out, I'm sure Holly will put it in the show notes. Are you going to do that, Holly? Uh, maybe if I've got some time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I will still link to the written Chinese dictionary. That's dictionary.writtenchinese.com. Um, so you can see a breakdown for both of those characters. If you want to see show notes for this episode, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 128. If you've got any comments, you've got anything to share with us, you can leave your comments on that page. Or you can also go to facebook.com slash chicks and the two is T-W-O. Once again, thank you for listening and sticking with us as we've had this temporary hiatus. We are back now, full on, and we will be publishing on a regular basis once again. Thanks for supporting us. And one of the great ways you can support us actually doesn't cost any money. You can just drop us a review on iTunes. That really helps to improve our ranking in iTunes crazy algorithm and helps other people see the show helps us get sponsorship really does help so if you have been enjoying the show and you think it's uh, worth a listen please drop us a positive review on itunes absolutely so we hope you tune in again for the next episode bye bye